Welcome to another episode of the Stadium Journey Overtime Podcast. Thanks for joining us once again. Uh, remember to find all of our stadium reviews, news items, and other feature stories. Go to stadiumjourney.com. Connect with us on our social media channels at Stadium Journey. Audio versions of the Stadium Journey Podcast. If this one was not enough, it's like a potato chip. You can't have just one. Go to the uh, go to the Stadium Journey YouTube page. All the video podcasts are there. If you're searching for the audio version, go to your podcast ag- aggregator, type in HIAC Talk Radio Network, you'll find us. And uh, we record live if you want to be part of our studio audience. Dan, you are really distracting me. <laughs> we record live every other Tuesday night at 8 Eastern, danlaw.tv. That's okay. You can continue. I just wanted you to know it was distracting. That face is more distracting. Stop it. Uh, now let's introduce the starting lineup. Dave Cotney is here. Follow him at ProFan9. Mark Viquez is here. Find him at Ballpark Hunter. The other guy, Dan Calachico is here. You can follow him at DanLaw83. And I'm Paul Baker. You can follow me at PuckmanRI. So for our overtime podcast, we generally use this time to review trips that we've been on since we all last got together. So uh, for this episode, I think we actually have a whole month of trips. So let's jump right into it. Mark, you want to lead us off? Yes. Uh, last month, I went to supposed to go to Columbus to see the crew, but we won't talk about that. And uh, also nixed my plans to go to uh, another game out there. But uh, but that was due to something else on another weekend. Anyway, I went to University of Miami, Ohio. I went to their beautiful stadium, which uh, unfortunately was a little bit of a rainy day, but it cleared up by the time the game started. And what was funny about it is that when I arrived there, it was pouring rain. You didn't see anybody. And then as soon as I turned the corner uh, near the concession stands, like everything opened up, people were walking in, the rain had stopped. And you're like, oh, thank you. You know, because the game would have went on anyway, but you want to be there on a nice day when you have a nice crowd there. So it was an alumni weekend. A lot of folks were in the stands. In fact, several people told me it's probably one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest games of the year next to uh, homecoming. So that was, that was nice to see that. And uh, I think they played Toledo. Did they play Toledo? Kind of first now central Michigan. They played the Chippewas. So uh, not, not a fancy stadium, kind of bare bones, basic, you know, grandstand, little grandstand on the other side, press box, uh, concession stands are all kind of together. Does have some cool features. One of them are the uh, the Cradle of Coaches statues, which, you know, it's a who's who of uh, people that got their start there and became coaches in college football in the NFL. And these are like really nice bronze statues with information about them. Uh, Weeb Eubank was was there and uh, Bo Schembecker and, you know, a host of others. It was uh, Woody Hayes. Uh, Harbaugh. I mean, it was, it was well done. It's like, man, this is like awesome. This, the claim, these guys, and, you know, he came and go down to baseball with Walter uh, Aston for the Dodgers, you know, he, uh, he got to start there as well, but you know, that was a lot of fun to see. And, you know, it's just a great vantage point photo ops. Uh, another cool concept is uh, up on uh, Eubank Hill or we bank, we, we, Eubank Hill, uh, they took the old press boxes from the original stadium. And I, somebody said they were built in 1895, not quite sure. And they, they repurposed them to just sit up on top of the hill as fans walk down. So you can look at these old press box, not press boxes, ticket booths uh, from the old uh, Miami stadium. 
so that was a, that was a nice feature. And then they don't allow umbrellas into the stadium, so you have to leave your umbrella somewhere. So people were leaving them on tables. They lean them up against the gates. And I didn't, you know, as long as you left them there, I guarantee most of them were there when you came back. I don't think anybody walked away with an umbrella that wasn't theirs. I have never seen that before. But then again, I have not been to a lot of college games, especially on a rainy day. Is this something that happens at other, you know, mid-major stadiums, leaving the umbrella outside of the building and picking it up on the way home? Let me know. Uh, so I had fun. I also had fun. And on High Street, which is downtown Muncie, I'm sorry, not Muncie, downtown Oxford, Ohio. It's a, a beautiful town. I've talked about Oxford before on this uh, podcast. Cobblestone Street, plenty of bars, plenty of restaurants, just a lot of people walking around. Uh, you got dive bars, you got fancy places, you got pubs, you just got your local college hangouts. Everybody was having fun. I, I take I took some videos. I had college kids coming up screaming, going, "Yay, come to Miami! It's the best!" And you know, it's this little oasis. You're driving down the middle of cornfields and hilly country roads of Ohio, and boom, you hit this awesome campus, and just never have a bad time at, at Oxford. I can't wait to go back and see hockey. Can't wait to go back to see basketball, and uh, can't wait to just go back and and check out. Check out downtown on a nice, uh, a nice spring or summer day with the wife. So beautiful campus, nice venue for football. I went there on a good day. I don't know what it would be like in December when it's 40 degrees outside, but um, go Red Hawks. That's it. That's all I went to. All right. All right. Dave, how about you uh, come up next? Well, I, uh, this past weekend was at Warrior Field at the University of Waterloo for the Waterloo Warriors. And uh, exciting in that leading into the Battle of Waterloo, which is next weekend with uh, my Laurier Golden Hawks and, and the Waterloo Warriors. Um, it's it's going to be a big one. So I think Laurier is going to make the playoffs. Waterloo, it's going to be tight. Uh, but you know, same, it, just nice. Uh, I like the way Waterloo has dealt with the, the COVID thing and, and, um, naming their seats, uh, numbering their seats and whatnot. So you're actually like buying a specific seat as opposed to general admission. That was kind of their big thing that they did. And, uh, Laurie hasn't done that. So that I, I enjoyed, um, that certainty and knowing what it was going to be like. So. But that, that's it for me. I will say this, though. I did do some planning, and I think I got a March break trip planned. So Sounds like a good one. Yeah. Crossing my fingers for uh, a little Ottawa trip. Ottawa. Ottawa. Ottawa and Daniel Bambridge, Ottawa. Montreal. So that's <clears throat> it for me. All right. Good so night, everybody. Gonna... I'm just All right. Yeah, I don't want to talk about anything. Yeah, I was kind of upset. I'm going up to uh, hopefully going up to Laval for the AHL All-Star game at the beginning mm -hmm. of February. And unfortunately, that's the same time that the NHL is on their Olympic break. So I was hoping while I was up there to catch mm. the Canadians and the Senators because the Senators are only two hours away from Montreal. Um, but no, they're all on vacation. So They said Paul's coming up. Vacation the shit out of this. Yeah. So uh, we're going to turn our probably the AHL All-Star trip into this like a long weekend. But where is that this year? 
Huh? Where's the AHL All-Star this year? I just said it. Laval. Laval. Oh, you did say it. <laughs> In the Montreal suburbs. So I got to polish up my Francais. Hello, everybody. We're going to Montreal. All right, well, yeah, Laval, I'm gonna go up there and talk like Peter Sellers and just piss yeah. everybody off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Laval in there, oh, you'll be Laval's Laval in their new building, uh, Flas Bell, is yes. on my itinerary for my March break trip. So. Oh, they have a new building this year. Uh, no, no, a couple a years, years ago. Couple oh, years. I did. I thought it was an older arena. Well, the team itself was only like five years old, so I think the building's probably also about five years old. But anyhow, uh, let's see. I've been going here, there, and everywhere over the past few weeks. So funny story, before I get into where I did go, I want to talk about somewhere I did not go one game. Uh, I actually was was able to get free tickets to the WNBA semifinals at Mohegan Sun Arena in Uncasville, Connecticut. But alas, the traffic gods were not with me. So it was funny. I was going to meet Pam at our meeting spot, which is in, halfway in between both of our works, right off the highway. And then we're going to jam over to uh, Connecticut, which is about an hour, hour and a half ride for us. But as I was approaching the meet-off spot, past this sign on the highway, you know the signs that says, you know, uh, X amount of miles to a certain city, it's going to take you this amount of minutes. Um, past a sign that said Braga Bridge, eight miles, 81 minutes. What? I looked at that and said, that can't be right. And then lo and behold, the traffic stopped right up in front of me. So um, they there were actually a total of five accidents within like a two mile span. So traffic was at a standstill. So we ended up not going because we wouldn't have made Mohegan Sun until probably sometime in the third quarter. So we ended up missing that game. But yeah. there were plenty of games we did go to. So I could talk about those. Uh, one game I went to was up at Schneider Arena on the campus of Providence College. It's their hockey arena. Went there to see the women's hockey team play the Boston Pride in, in an exhibition match. The Pride had been practicing for all of two days together, and it showed. Uh, they did not look good. Uh, Providence College actually beat them good. pretty handily. Good. Yeah. Um, Schneider Arena, um, I'll probably save talking about it a lot until when I go to a game with, with a lot of people. I can't complain. There were about 100 people there for an exhibition game. That's not bad. That was that was not advertised anywhere. So how does it, how many does it hold? Uh, about four thousand. It's it's a nice little arena. It's nothing fancy. Uh, in terms of hockey in this area, Providence College is kind of far down on the food chain, but they've got a nice arena that they've sunk a lot of money into recently. Used to be just an old barn, but they yeah. really renovated it, added on a lobby to the side, new entrances, new locker rooms. Um. It's a tiny place, so the sight lines are fantastic, unless you're not a fan of safety railings. There are safety railings everywhere in this place. Uh, you're in where everybody falls. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's one of those arenas where the ice is here, and then the seats start up here. So you, you're even if you're oh, in the wow. front row, you're about five or six rows above the ice. Nice. In, interesting piece of trivia. Uh, Schneider Arena was built in 1972. Um, the, Providence, the Providence College hockey teams used to play off campus. Um, same place the Rhode Island Reds played, the uh, Rhode Island Auditorium. 72 was also when the Dunkin' Donuts Center was built. The Providence College basketball team used to play on, in Alumni Hall on campus 
they got too big for Alumni Hall. So at the same time, in the same year, the basketball team went from on-campus to off. Hockey team went from off-campus to on. <laughs> kind of interesting how that worked. Okay, so aside from uh, Schneider Arena, did a lot of football. I also was at the opening day for the Providence Bruins at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. I'll be there about 20 times this year, so we won't talk about them today. We'll save those for another day. So college football. We will not talk about Cressy Field at UMass Dartmouth. I've got one more game left. And then my first season of announcing college football is done. Uh, so first place I went to on October 2nd, Rentschler Stadium, home of UConn football. Rentschler Stadium uh, is located not on campus, not on the UConn campus, but in the not-to-be-visited town of East Hartford, Connecticut, uh, known as the car theft capital of the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, it's got the highest rate of car thefts, or at least it used to. Wow. Um, Arena is a fine place, though. It's uh, built on land that used to be an old airstrip back in World War II. They used it for aviation testing and stuff. Pratt & Whitney used to use it. They donated the, the land to the state of Connecticut. And uh, when the Patriots were flirting with the city of Hartford, they were going to build this massive 70,000 seat stadium downtown on the Connecticut River. Patriots pulled out, so those, those plans died. Pratt and Whitney said, here, have some land, Connecticut. And Connecticut says, what are we gonna do with this land? We are going to build a football stadium there. So they built this decent state, 40,000 seat football stadium for UConn, 20 miles from campus, not in Hartford, not in stores, just kind of in the middle there. So with UConn really struggling lately, it has become not such a desired destination. So we actually went there. They were playing Yale. They were playing an FCS team, won their first game in two calendar years. So that was exciting in front of a crowd of about 15,000. So it was a decent crowd. Um, that's Rentschler Field. Uh, Rentschler Field, the good thing about Rentschler Field for me is the food experience. They've got Ted's steamed cheese. Oh, they used to have Ted's steamed cheeseburgers. They weren't there that day. Uh, Bear Barbecue, uh, Yukon Dairy Bar. They've got all kinds of craft beers. So if you want to eat at a game, Rentschler Place is as good as any. The following two weeks later, I went up to Durham, North, Durham, New Hampshire to catch uh, the New Hampshire Wildcats. Uh, Wildcat Stadium was redone. They've actually been playing there since for a long time, since the 20s. They had an old stadium that was called named Crowell Stadium, which they nicknamed the Dungeon because it was on the back side of the field house. So it looked like kind of like you were in a dungeon and it had this intimidating crowd and it was this old creaky place. They went in all in about five years ago, built this brand new grandstand, modernized everything. It is a beautiful place to play now. For me, the highlight of Wildcat Stadium is going into the field house because they have pictures lining the halls of the field house of every single team to ever represent the university. So um, place like New Hampshire, you've got dozens of NHL players that if you want to search for them, you can find them. Um, you can find Carlton Fisk and his brother who played basketball for the University of New Hampshire. 
Carlton Fisk was, as we all know, subsequently drafted by the oh, Red Sox. Oh, and he said, you know what? I'm going to be a good, I'm going to be a better baseball player than a basketball player. So he switched and the rest is history. Wow. You can also find, if you're a fan of the movie Slapshot, you can find Ned Braden there. Ned Braden played three years as varsity hockey at UNH. So you can find his picture there too. So it's, and oh, if you if you look at the women's hockey pictures over the years, for some unbeknownst reason, the coach would always bring his cat to the team photos. So in all the women's team photos through the 90s and the zeros, the coach is holding this black and white that cat in all the pictures. It's really That's funny. That's hilarious. It is, it is absolutely I mean, hilarious. if I was in a position, I'd bring my wiener dog. So. Absolutely. It's so yeah. funny. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, UNH is a good football school. They had a run of 14 straight years where they made the, the tournament. Uh, they're not quite at that level right now. They're kind of hanging around the national rankings, but they won't make the tournament. But they draw great crowds. You wouldn't think in a little town like Durham, New Hampshire, it's a football hotbed. And uh, they attract 10, 15,000 people a game up there. And if you're into food, as I know we all are, uh, the city of Portsmouth, New Hampshire, is about 15 miles away. Great place for breweries for seafood and stuff like that so it's, it makes for a great trip and then uh last friday night took the day off gave myself a long weekend decided to take in some friday night lights up in hanover new hampshire another one of my favorite places to visit one of the best things stadium journey has allowed me to go to these places that i would never even imagine going to otherwise and one of these hidden gem places that i've discovered is Hanover, New Hampshire. It's a little town of 11,000 people. It's also the home of Dartmouth College, one of the Ivy League members. So we went up to uh, Memorial Field. It had been a while since we'd been up there. It had been, I think, six years since we'd been up there. Hanover has got this great little main street and this great town green. So you can wander around the town. They've got restaurants and shops and bakeries and stuff. And then you can just walk on over to the field. A few years back, they actually they had to modernize this, the stadium because the stadium was built in 1923 and it's called Memorial Field. It is a memorial to Dartmouth students who fought in World War One. One. That's how old this place is. Um, <laughs> so, but when they had to bring it up to code and refurbish and renovate the, uh, the stadium, they didn't want to destroy its classic. It's got one of those brick and ivy covered facades. So what they did is they gutted the whole interior, but left the facade standing and rebuilt into that facade. So if you're coming from Main Street or from the green, you walk up, looks like it looks just like it did in the 20s or the 30s. But you come inside and it's been modernized. It's handicapped accessible. It's got safety railings. It's got you know the wide walkways now got brand new restrooms. So inside it's nice, but it's got that old timey charm to it. So it's a great place to catch a game. Um, there were only about 5,000 people there at the game, but you know, in a place like this, it's the smallest stadium in the Ivy league. It only seats 11,000. So crowd of five or 6,000, it's a nice crowd there. And uh, like I said, we made a whole day of it, went to the bakeries on main street, had a good dinner in an Irish pub, went on the green, walked on the campus, checked out the old Gothic architecture. Um, 
some of the other sports facilities there at, at Dartmouth have been designed by world-famous architects. So Thompson Arena is always worth checking out where the hockey team plays. Uh, the indoor track building is also designed by a famous architect. So Dartmouth is one of those places you can just spend the day in and just wander around. And the football game is just part of your day. It's not your entire day. Like if you're going to, uh, I don't know. Like Princeton. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Reminds me of Princeton, exactly. Or like if you're going to Harvard, you know, you're going to walk around Cambridge for a little while before the game. You're not just going to go to the game and leave. So those were my trips over the past three weeks, past four weeks. Um, a lot of college football, and it's hard to believe now I've done all my stadium journey visits for the entire football season. So now let's, <laughs> let's, get, into, let's get into hockey and basketball now, right, boys? Yeah. Remember, so that, remember like a year ago, we would never do this again, and here we are. We made it. We did. It's so nice to be at games again, isn't it? I, I, think I, I got my th- I, I got my third booster. I, I'm Genesis is coming. Ghostbusters. I'm ready. Ready for the end of the year, baby. I got my flu shot yesterday, and my we're doing boosters in a couple of weeks, so we'll be good. Yeah, Kelly got her booster yesterday, <laughs> her, her Friday and Saturday. She's like tonight. <laughs> and I was like, I does felt the no- booster. Does the booster hit you like the second shot does? Uh, I don't, I can't answer that because I felt zero things for all three shots. I, nothing, no arm pain, no soreness. Uh, I, I, I again, I, people think, oh, you're just bragging. I feel no pain when it comes to my immune system and, and getting shots, uh, no allergies. I, I, I got nothing, which make which part of me was like, did you really put that in there? But it's like, <laughs> but I can placebo. Yeah. But I saw the. <laughs> That I saw the the shot, go, you know, I saw it go in. So I'm like, I don't feel anything. Kelly, like seven hours, like. Because the booster is only a half shot. It's not a full shot. For the Moderna one, the Pfizer's full, oh, I believe. It? Yeah, I think right. Pfizer's the full. But I got it and, you know, I felt the needle go in. But next day I was like, all right, all right let's go. Yeah, everybody yeah, reacts go. differently. Yeah. I, it's, I, I've been ungifted in other things with my body. My immune system, I was gifted. There you go. We all got something we're good at. Yeah, exactly. Damn it. (laughs) All right. So that's that's all the time we have for tonight. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. I hope you enjoyed our recap of the month of October, Stadium Journey-wise. So, Dan, where can our listeners follow you online? I just want to say, Greg said, if you get the booster and the flu shot at the same time, it's a lot worse. But I saw enough uh, uh, disease experts and, and people who worked up that said, probably don't get those at the same time if you want don't want your ass kicked. So I refused. So I go, actually, next week I get the flu shot. But you can find me being impervious to flu shots at Danlo 83. <laughs> Mark, any uh, stadium journey planned for you for the next couple of weeks? And where can our listeners follow your adventures? Uh, I'm looking at going to Notre Dame this Saturday and then uh, Purdue sometime. I, I, I think I'm trying to get to Purdue. I got to look at my schedule. My father's in town for the next month. He's 92. So uh, would love to take him to a game or two, but at the same time, he's not a football fan. He's more of a soccer guy. So he probably, he'd probably enjoy a hockey game. So maybe we'll look into that later on. Uh, but follow me at uh, Ballpark Hunter at uh, on YouTube at, Twitter and Instagram, Twitch, all that good stuff. So check me out. Good stuff. Am I the only one who thinks it's weird that soccer gets played all the way into like the deep November? No. Sure. 
Well, here in the states, you know what? I will tell you this: here in the states, uh, that we're the only country that plays like that. Most of the everybody plays August to May, like in Europe and South America. But yeah, I, I mean, the soccer season is long, but at the same time, it's those are options. You know, it's. I just think it's lot. really cold. It's really cold by, by the end of the season. Yes. Well, you got gloves and long sleeve shirts and hats. I remember and, working Gillette. They had the. Uh, What's what's the MLS Cup called? I think it's called the MLS Cup. MLS, MLS Cup. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they had it in, at Gillette one year, and it's it was been just at miserable. BMO a couple times. Yeah, in December, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. No. So, uh, Dave, speaking of BMO Field, uh, any stadium journeys planned for you over the next couple of weeks? And where can our listeners follow you? Uh, at Twitter and Instagram at Profan Nine. Okay, you're not gonna you're not gonna believe this. This is as close to normal for me in in a long, long, long time. Okay, ready? Here we go. Uh, this Friday, my first trip in like two years to the odd to see the Kitchener Rangers. Ooh. So that's super exciting. Uh, Saturday is the Battle of Waterloo at Warrior Field, the Laurier Golden Hawks against the Waterloo Warriors for football. And then uh, the OUA hockey season tips off, drops, faces off, faces off. So um, drops their faces off. (laughs) I've got a I've got a trip to the Columbia Ice Field to see the Waterloo Warriors on the 5th and a trip to the Waterloo Memorial Recreation Complex to see the Laurier Golden Hawks on the Saturday. And then uh, I'm going with my nephews and my sister-in-law to see the Toronto Raptors. This is like, wow, I haven't had a big run like this in a long time. Big trip winner. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and And our listeners can follow those travels where? At Profan9 on Twitter and Instagram. All right. Uh, I also have a busy couple of weeks coming up. Not quite as busy as yours, Dave, but uh, I'll be doing working a lot of games, actually. So this weekend, I'm heading to Cape Cod on Saturday. I've been asked to do the PA for a PHF game between the Pride, the Boston Pride, and the Toronto Six at the Falmouth Ice Arena. Are uh, they're for, yeah. They're oh. playing a, a charity game, and they asked if I could go be a part of it. When the hell does the game start getting aired on ESPN? Opening. I'll be getting to that in just a second. Oh, sorry. The following weekend, I will be working six games. I'll be announcing six games in three days. Busiest stretch I've ever had. Let's hope my voice holds up. Uh, It starts with UMass, Dartmouth's annual La France Hospitality Basketball Tournament. So that's four games, two on Friday, two on Saturday. And then Boston Pride starts their season on the Saturday night. That's uh, November 7th. So on the Saturday night, they raise their banner, have all their opening weekend stuff, and uh, play games Saturday and Sunday. Yes. And I'll be doing the PA for them, too. You'll be and on ESPN+. I think, Plus. And I think I'm even squeezing in a Providence Bruins game or two. So I'll oh, be busy. <laughs> you can follow my stadium journeys on Twitter or Instagram at fuckmanri. And don't forget, visit the website, stateofjourney.com. That's where all of our stadium reviews and other stuff can all be found. Uh, Connect with us on our social media channels. Find us at Stadium Journey. 
Audio versions of the State of Journey podcast can be found by searching HIAC Talk Radio Network on whatever podcast search engine you use. And video simulcasts of the State of Journey podcast are on our YouTube page. And our classic back catalog can be found at vocnation.com. Remember, for every other Tuesday night, you can be live with us, part of our studio studio audience, as we record at 8 Eastern at twitch.tv slash danlaw83. And join us in two weeks. Uh, the exact date escapes me. That's like November 9th. 9th, I think. November 9th. We'll be joined Never by nice, our old yeah. friend Andrew Bowes to talk about some college football. And catch 7 up o'clock. With his Catch yep. Oh, yeah, we're at seven now, not eight. Uh-huh, look at that. All right. Uh, we'll talk about college football. He is Andrew Bowles. If you have not been a longtime fan of the show, is trying to hit every single one of the FBS football stadiums, and he is pretty close to the finish line. I think next year or the year after, he will hit the finish line. But we have him on every year, and he updates us on the 10 or, 10 or 12 new places he's been. It's always a great episode. So join us. And uh, listen, listen, participate, have some fun. So for Dan, like, share, subscribe, tell everybody. Like, share, subscribe, please. For Dan, Mark, and Dave, this is Paul. Wish you safe stating journeys. Close games on the road. Hope to see you real soon. I breathe the mountain air, man. I've traveled, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been everywhere.